This is Fearless Beauties, a podcast dedicated to developing voices of color in the beauty industry. We are talking to estheticians, skin specialists, and business owners to uncover best skin practices, tactical career tips, and ultimately, how we can create a better beauty industry together. I'm your host, Mary Nielsen. And I'm your other host, Taylor Phillips. Well, Taylor, I am so glad to be here with you as we move into season two, episode one of the Fearless Beauties podcast. Yes, I am so excited to be back. It's been, I I don't know, could we say six months, I feel? I have no idea, but it feels like a long time. It feels like a long time, yeah. Yeah, and we have definitely, you were saying, we have been on opposite sides of the country literally you're in Oregon and I'm in Florida and I think time has gotten away from us you working at the school me being a mom a business owner now doing my internship for psychology so it's been a lot it's been a it's been a doozy amongst COVID (laughs) and we're surviving COVID yeah well I thought it might be fun to just go back if we have new listeners to talk about how Fearless Beauties sort of came into existence and then how we connected. Yeah, that would be great. I always knew I wanted to be a nurse when I was growing up. My grandmother had worked in healthcare and I just knew that that's what I wanted to do probably from the time I was maybe four years old. And so I did go to nursing school and ended up working gradually through my career, a number of different places, but ended up working for a group of plastic surgeons, which is not me. If you see me, you will see that I don't wear makeup and I'm not really a high maintenance person at all. But I worked for these plastic surgeons and they wanted me to, they were, it was in the like late 1990s, talk about bringing some lasers into their practice and doing some advanced types of things beyond surgery, but more into skin rejuvenation kinds of things. And they were looking at it as a way to generate more income without having to bill an insurance company for some type of procedure they were doing. So they asked me to do the research and I did. And I tell people, I feel like little angels were just singing in my ears that this is what I wanted to do. So I went to aesthetic school because I thought that would be beneficial. And it turns out my aesthetic school experience was terrible terrible, terrible, terrible. But that's all right. I did what I had to do to get the license. And then I worked for them for 14 years. And then I left them. And I started my own med spa and had my own med spa for 10 years. And then I sold that and thought that I wanted to start a little training center. I thought it was just going to be like maybe people would come for continuing education. Mm -hmm. But it gradually evolved into a full-fledged licensed school. So now I'm in Portland with my school. Long story short. Yeah. Long story short. Well, you know, once I go down, I can go down rabbit holes like nobody's business. (laughs) And that is how Fearless Beauties was born. Well, Fearless, yeah, Fearless Beauties got started after we had the school and, and just our student population. We have even though Portland is a more predominantly, it's a white city, but we have, we were getting more and more um, 
students of color and models who were coming in for services were people of color. We had a big transgender population that was coming in. We didn't have the curriculum or the education to really treat them well. And so we started researching ways to, you know, how can we get better education and just found out that corporate aesthetic education was really, really lacking. And so we created our own curriculum and did a couple of presentations and that it just kind of blew up where there was just such a need and such a hunger in the aesthetics community and in the beauty biz. And it just really opened up our eyes or at least my eyes, right? It opened up my awareness. Also, Black Lives Matter, all that kind of the political climate was just shifting. And, you know, it's the thought that there's institutionalized racism everywhere in our culture, the banking industry, the education industry, the housing everything. There's not different in the beauty industry. And then I, then I was overwhelmed. And how did we get connected? Well, I mean, if we really want to give the people the truth, (laughs) uh, I think uh, my stepmom, Becky, connected us to, I had just had Lauren Bear back in 2019. Becky, my stepmom, told me, hey, I think you would be a great fit for Mary. And I was like, okay. And here I am, I would say, two and a half years later. I know. Honestly, that's just kind of how it happened. Um, And then I just started getting into the social media part of Fearless Beauties, learning about its mission, what it's all about. And for those who don't know, I am a black woman. And honestly, I grew up in predominantly white neighborhoods, not saying that that's all I knew, but I was comfortable being the only black girl in a room. And my parents, they never really taught me, oh, you're a black woman. This is kind of what goes on in the world. So, you know, watch out, be mindful, things like that. I never grew up with that mindset. I I just always grew up of, okay, well, these are students. I never really saw color. And I think today, if I say that, it's pretty naive. It's like, girl, where have you been? But growing up in those suburban neighborhoods, there wasn't blatant racism. Like I, it, I just wasn't around it. So, um, I had white friends, I had Asian friends, I had Latin friends. It just didn't matter. So now it's just crazy that I'm just learning about racism and like how bad it actually is. Once I met you, Mary, like to be honest with you, I'm it's the truth. Like I did not know all of it existed because I never experienced it. And just like hearing from my brother, who is a black man, who's like, you know, every time I get into a car, I always watch my back or I know to talk to the police with respect. And I can't really say what's on my mind because of so and so. So that really started opening my eyes. So, okay, yeah. So I'm a black woman and I need to recognize that uh, it's a lot of blatant racism out there. So that's definitely what 
made me so passionate about Fearless Beauties is just how unapologetic you are about the mission. And I think it kind of stems like way out past the beauty industry. Like we are hitting all types of industries that I don't even think we know we're hitting. And it's just like we're pointing out the problem, we're educating, and we're also inspiring others to acknowledge everyone. And then we take it to another level by we're highlighting the entrepreneurs of color in the beauty industry. And I think that is so amazing. I just think I'm passionate about the mission because we're all about positive change. And it's it's really incredible to witness the change that we have already made with spreading awareness on the importance of inclusivity. So, yeah, I'm just really happy to be here. (laughs) I mean, Fearless Beauties plus other, right, it's not just us, but there's other um, people out there and organizations out there and companies out there that have also become aware and are truly trying to make some positive changes, just even with greater representation and creating greater visibility. And so I think we just have to keep like chipping away at it, chipping away at it, chipping away at it. I did, I was looking at some new curriculum, I'm looking at bringing in some new curriculum for us. And I ordered just a sample. And the difference in three years, the difference in um, the discussion about skin and the the graphics that they use is just incredible and so that really feels really makes me happy (laughs) to see that you know because i've said i would love it if if fearless beauties didn't exist you know say fearless beauties doesn't exist because because there is that equality and that level of of representation i think as a white woman i've had a lot of privilege yeah I think okay. I I have had that. I, I recently, though, I'm telling you, I was, I just got a new car and I'm so happy with it. My husband and I went to look at an electric car. We come in the dealership. The salesman comes. Can I help you? Yes, we're interested in an electric car. Mm-hmm. My husband says, it's for my wife. She's going to be driving it. Oh, okay. So the guy, we, we, he brings one out. We, get in. I test drive it. My husband sits in the back seat with the salesman next to me. I test drive the car. Mm-hmm. We come back to the dealership. We say, okay, he, we talk about pricing. Okay, we're going to buy this electric car. Okay, we need to fill out this paperwork. Mm-hmm. The salesman, all right, can I get your income? My husband says, I have no income. My husband is retired, but he is not drawing retirement or social security or anything yet mm-hmm. he's trying to just we're trying to make it till he's 70 so he can maximize his benefits so anyway we are living on my income only which i yeah. say we're living on my income only i'm the breadwinner mm-hmm. okay the guy fills out the paperwork everything we get the car all right we start getting emails not actually i don't he gets a text from the dealership. How do you like your car? Your husband? He, yes. He wow. gets an email from the dealership. Oh, we've set up the Sirius radio in my husband's name, in my husband's email address is connected to the VIN number of the car. I can't 
turn on the freaking radio in my own car. Yeah. And I was so mad. Oh, the payments, the car payments. Who are they addressed to? Seriously? Seriously. So I sent them a, like, this is a big problem for me. You knew that I was the, I test drove the car. You knew that on the income paperwork, my husband's income is zero. And now I can't even access the radio in my own car because you've set it up in his email address. This is a problem and you better learn how to serve women because, Mm -hmm. oh, I was so mad. Definitely some gender inequalities there. Yes. Sorry, it was a long story, but I was just, I'm still mad. Because he gets the email, so I have to say, honey, you're going to get a code sent to your email. Can you tell me what it is so that I can then program the radio in my car? And I try to change it, and it won't let me change it because it's they've attached his email address to the VIN number of the car. It's almost like they disregarded you as the breadwinner because it's like, how yes. could she be? You know Exactly. Yeah, but I feel like... I mean, that's a minor issue compared to people of color that I know have dealt with situations like that through their whole life. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. I mean, not saying that I haven't experienced any inequality, but not to the extent that I think most people are looking to hear about. Um, so, no, I haven't. I haven't experienced any blatant racism i keep keep saying that word but it's there may have been some subtle you know subtle things but nothing to where i was like oh yeah you're definitely treating me different because i'm black like yep definitely but no i've never experienced that but i mean when it comes to the beauty industry i remember even i think i've said this to you before mary but even back when i was starting to wear makeup because i had severe acne I was using proactive like I feel everyone was and my mom took me to Walmart to get my first batch of foundation. I I believe it was Maybelline and they only had three shades for the darker spectrum, right? I mean, I feel like that is nothing new. There was like a cocoa, a mocha and like a dark chocolate. I think those were the names and it was just there was no color that matched me so what did I do I had to basically wear a color that was lighter than me because the one that was darker was just too dark and then I believe I I think my first facial I ever had I would say three four years ago I got the facial done and I believe last season we talked about you know what should be on the the consultation forms Mm -hmm. like what type of questions you should ask And I remember on that form, they basically filled out like if you're allergic to anything. And that was basically it. And I don't even think it was that. But I remember walking into the room and she didn't even ask me like, oh, is no, there was no, is your skin sensitive? Like what's going on with your skin here? There was no prepping of the skin. It was just administering generalized treatments like she had her batch of cleansers and toners and what have you that she just used on everyone so long story short did I notice any difference to my skin no I just got a facial so I think that's 
something that's, you know, lacking. But it's almost like uh, they put things that are so inactive yeah. that nobody is going to have a reaction to it. So, you know, I feel like it's, sorry, I say just put some, rub some Crisco on it and there you go. That <laughs> yeah, basically, I think my skin was like kind of baby smooth for like a day and then it just went back to normal. So that's that. <laughs> I don't think I've gotten a facial since then, but now I know like, you know, what a facial should be like for a woman of color. And it's it's different for Latin women and men. It's different for black men and women, Asian men and women, South Asian men and women. It's different for, for everyone. What I would like to see education's kind of shifting to is sort of talking at every school, talking about beyond that that skin of color is more than just melanin and you have to really dive into uh, different cultures and what their beliefs are and what their their culture is like even though every person is an individual and and you growing up now 27 year old black woman is going to have different experiences from another 27 year old black woman there are certain specializations that I would love to see aesthetic schools teaching so that so that their students come out stronger just come out stronger and can make an impact because you know the beauty industry is multi-million dollar per billion dollar industry and women have a lot and I say women because it's mostly women but there's a lot of potential for earning power and for empowerment and for growth as a person and you know just there's so much there's so much in the beauty industry different avenues you can go down but if you didn't get a strong education you're just going to struggle that much more to get to get your feet on the ground well tell me how you knew you wanted to get into psychology well um that's a great question so i started of course, right out of high school, you're like, oh, I want to be this, this, and this. And I think I always wanted to be a psychologist. Did I know why exactly? No. I was 18 and I was like, I think I just like talking to people. And people like, you know, I feel like a lot of people can say can say that people always tell them, oh, you're just so easy to talk to. I feel like I could tell you my whole life story. So I kind of just ran with that compliment and I'm like oh I think I can uh be good in psychology and I think it was senior year of high school I took my first psychology course and I just I just fell in love with I just fell in love with the mind I was like oh my gosh like this is just incredible to me so I was just always interested in helping others become the best version of themselves and I know that it all starts with a good mental health so I decided to study psychology, which is the study of the mind. Literally five days after graduating from UCF, which is a school here in Orlando, Florida, I started my master's degree. Honestly, I started learning more about multicultural psychology. And that is when I was like, oh, yeah, like the one big thing in psychology is cultural competence and what that means is it's the knowledge and acceptance of all cultural orientations, 
whether that be race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, age, and is basically providing equal treatment, equal but different treatment to all cultures. And that is basically what Fearless Beauties is, is providing Ooh, that yes. education to everyone. It's including everyone. So um, I started becoming more interested in like multicultural psychology and how I can basically treat anyone that comes through my door. Like they don't have to be black. They can be, you know, transgender. Uh, they can be an immigrant. You know what I mean? They could be anyone. And I have the education to treat them all. So I think that's kind of how psychology, my experience in psychology and my interest in psychology kind of mesh with fearless beauties. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I am looking forward to this season because I actually expect to be able to transition in Alina uh, and transition myself out. <laughs> You're always um, looking for a way out. <laughs> no, I just feel like my role should be background support and should be because the intent is to get those stories out there and get that information out there. And I think that's the way to create greater greater diversity and inclusivity and and just make the organization stronger, I guess. Well, I think that is the first episode. I mean, it was about getting personal. I could say that we got a little bit personal. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to what this season has to offer. I'm so excited. I hope you all are excited. And I guess we'll see you in the next episode. I guess we can plug in our social medias. You can follow us on social media on Instagram at Fearless Beauties, Facebook at Fearless Beauties, also fearlessbeauties.org. Also on our Instagram, if you just click the link in our bio, you can, there's like a plethora of education, knowledge, multicultural education out there. You have our certification, online certification, our podcast, of course, our downloadable Fearless Beauties book, the workbook, anything else? Well, they can get a link to some of our ambassadors. We have some great supporters out there and find out more about them. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's it. Thank you for listening to Fearless Beauties, a show dedicated to elevating voices of color in the beauty industry. I'm your host, Mary Nielsen. And I'm your other host, Taylor Phillip. Until next time, keep educating yourself. Remember to stay open and be fearless in the pursuit of creating a better, more inclusive world. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Special thanks to my co-host Taylor and our producers at Quill Inc.